Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. It's just like, I don't know. Uh, we have an intern here. No, we don't have an intern. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I just throw up whatever. I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. You know? Do you like Austin? Yeah, I love it. Really? Do you really? Yeah, 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 I do. What do you like about it, Erica? Well, we've come out to Texas for like, I don't know, the last four years to visit Michael's family before we actually moved. But everyone's just generally, genuinely nice here. And I just love this. I just love the atmosphere and what it has to offer. Y'all were from what? Um, Northern California or from from Reading? I don't know. Reading seems like this magical place, though. Okay. The way Michael <laughs> describes it, it seems like a magical place. So when he first got there, he said it's majestic. That was his. But, you know, when you live in Texas all your life, things are pretty flat. So when you get there, there's mountains, there's trees, it's green everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's two volcanoes on each side of really like two mountains. Yeah. Are they live volcanoes? No. Okay. So and you can ski and snowboard on. Oh that. wow! And then there's two huge lakes. So it's it's truly like a mecca for outdoor activities when it's cold and hot. So it is a great place. It is a great place. You just have to abide by crazy rules. Yeah, I've always wanted to go to Reading. You know, because like. Hearing all the things that they're doing out there at the, the Reading Center, I believe it's called. Reading Bitcoin Center. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Michael, like when Michael used to go and then come back, um, he would, like, I would spend time with him. We'd go to lunch or something. And he'd talk about all the cool stuff they're doing there. Um, so, yeah, hopefully one day I get a visit Reading. It seems like a really cool place with a lot of Bitcoiners. Yeah. They, they took over his meetup when we left. Really? So we met this guy from San Francisco. His name's Jed. And then we also met this guy named Alan. Mm-hmm. He was actually speaking at Adopting Bitcoin. And those those two kind of took over our meetup when we left. And we felt great about like handing it over because Michael had been doing that meetup for over a year. Wow, really? Yeah. And I'm always the only girl, only woman sitting there hanging out. <laughs> Wait, so so you're telling me Michael used to run a meetup yes. before ABC? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't know I that. I thought you knew this. No, I just oh, thought he, for some reason I thought like him and a bunch of Bitcoiners, I didn't even know they had a meetup. Just yeah. like had like their own little thing. And then they like started the, because uh, I remember him saying that hey, they did a block party there. 
but it was like smaller or something. Yeah. They called it the Bitcoin summit and it was at a brewery and we had, um, five to eight businesses there. Wow. A DJ and that's so cool. Kind of, you know, everyone was on Oshi and we were showing them how to do Oshi. And so, yeah, that was, that was a good thing. But like his, um, his meetup, it was just funny. My, my famous story, whenever I tell people about him running a meetup was people would just sit there and talk to him and he would explain Bitcoin and how to download a wallet. And they mm-hmm. would talk about altcoins and this, and that. And he'd maybe get up and go to the bathroom or go get something to eat. And they'd be like, I don't even know what Bitcoin is, but I just want to buy it just because he's so passionate. Oh, Michael. <laughs> yeah. They would just say that constantly. I'd hear something like that. Like his passion is through the roof about it. I'm like, oh, I know. Trust me. That's so cool. Uh, yeah. He is pretty passionate about it. I mean, we all are. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. So when he goes back, do they like, do they herald you guys as like, you know, the Bitcoin family going, going back to Reading? <laughs> Cause now you are like in Austin. Y'all are like the prototypical like Bitcoin family when I, I think know, of it, you know, because you guys go to like the beef conferences and the all the meetups and the, like Miami and all that stuff. So like you guys are like the Bitcoin family. Like what um, what is that like going back when you guys do go? Do you all go back? We do. Yeah, we've gone back a couple of times already and we'll go back you know, every year a couple of times. But they do. They kind of be like, come by the Bitcoin Center. We'll show you what we've been doing. Mm. And they're really proud. You know, they've got T-shirts and you, know, you walk into this. It's like a something you would rent here, like a house and you walk in and there's wow. books and games for kids and an area for them to sit. And then there's a TV that shows you how to do this or that. And then they have a podcasting room. Like they really like, they really do stepped it. Stepped it up. Wow. Yeah. That's so, so awesome. To convert the community, but it is entirely hard to do that in that town. Really? Yeah. It's not like here, you know, like here's really techie. There's a lot of Bitcoiners here. A lot of startups. Reading is, you know, it's three hours from San Francisco and it's kind of an area where it's like people go to retire Okay. And there's a big church community there. Okay. There's a church called Bethel. So that draws in a lot of kids there. But it's a great people town. People are not into Bitcoin there. It's a great uh, town. Just They just don't know enough about it. Oh, okay. So it's, you know, Michael was climbing an uphill battle. So once he got the opportunity from you and Kyle to Web Lab, he was all in. He was like, I have to make this successful. And that is a great place to do it. And I was like, go. You're right. You have to do it. Yeah. he's Yeah. He's been very successful here for sure. What um, what did uh, what was it like for you to make the move? Because I think you moved, you moved later, right? Like, what did you have reservations at first to move to Austin? Or I or did when? because my kid, my kid's dad is there, and so I was less like I've been in the same job for a while. You know, I was in the Fiat hospital system, and I was kind of like I've never just up and left. But for us to, you know, for Oshi to be successful, for him to survive, I was like, oh, we have to go. But how do I do it? I got to figure out a way. Like, there's multiple things that have to fall into place. I can find a job anywhere with my my current career. Um, but I was just trying to figure out, like, how the puzzle pieces would fall into place. And the main thing was, will my kid's dad move out? Because that's a big deal, right? And once he said he would, it was like, oh, well, then I can just quit and let's let's do this. Let's sell my house. Let's go. You know, I'd, I'd just gotten through the couple years of COVID where they basically threatened to fire me if I didn't get the right. job. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I don't really need this this system anymore and put my house up on the market. And within five months, I was out. Erica, little... do you think do you think that the whole coat like because you worked in the in the medical industry, right? Mm-hmm. Respiratory therapy. Respiratory therapy. Mm-hmm. What? And I don't want to get too like on the, on the nose about it, but like, would you say like COVID just in, just in general, like really 
did a number on a lot of people that were working in that industry, um, whether with their choices where they are now compared to where they were before. Absolutely. So you had a lot of people that were burnt out during COVID and by the end of it. And when I look at back and retrospect on the whole entire thing, it's, it made people question everything, which is to me, one of the greatest things that happened out of COVID because there really wasn't much great that happened out of that made everybody question everything. Like, wait a minute, I don't want to get this vaccine or wait a minute. Why are they telling us this? But now it changed. So really it, it to me kind of catapulted everything. And it, that's great for Bitcoiners too, right? It's like, well, let's start questioning our food. Let's start questioning our money. Let's start questioning everything. So I feel like as far as hospital workers, back to that, like absolutely a lot of nurses either quit. They went traveling. They didn't want to be a part of their system anymore where they were embedded in a town where they worked for 15, 20 years because they were treated like crap. Like we were treated poorly for not getting the vaccine if we wanted to have our own choice. And so that made people leave. Like my department, there was 50% loss in my department. That's a huge, wow. huge amount of people. And so, you know, when I think back at COVID and everything that went on with it, I think it really made people question things, which I think is great. Like, how do you get hyper Bitcoinization or adoption if you don't start questioning everything? Yeah, it did. So. Um, yeah, my, my sister, she's a dental hygienist, but my, my brother-in-law, he's a, uh, he's a nurse. Um, or I think it's emergency room. I don't know what type of, some kind of nurse thing, but, um, yeah. And it, for me, it was kind of like seeing it kind of differently. Cause I would talk to him and he would say a lot of the same things you would hear on TV, but then he would talk about the bodies that were coming in. So it's like, and then I would talk to Michael about it. Cause when he came in, it was right when it was kind of finishing up. Um, and then he would tell me about the bodies too. And so like, for me, I just throw my hands up in the air. I'm like, I don't know, but it's, it was, it, yeah, it did a number on a lot of people for sure. It did. It did. And it, you know, some people, and I feel bad because it, it affected a lot of people's lives that, you know, whatever their choice was, like they had family members and friends die. And I was pretty much there for, I mean, most of my career during COVID was the end of life. Like, as respiratory therapists, when they're dying from COVID, we're in there trying to save them or helping them pass on. So it can really take a toll on you. Yeah, I like bet, you want to yeah. be there to help them, but you also are like, I don't know if I want to do this. Like I love helping people. And I think that's what's flowed over into working with Slim and Bitcoin Conference. Like I've always had that passion for people and helping them. Mm -hmm. But that part I, I will do any day, whether it's, you know, I can help them get better mm -hmm or help them find a better path on life. But when you add corruption and the system of money and the system of the hospitals with that, I tend to want to steer away from that now. You know, not the helping people, but that part. Yeah. Yeah, because you kind of have to, you know, worry about what you have going on with yourself and your family and you kind of have to put that as priority, right? As mm -hmm. number one. I mean, you might've heard, I'm sure you heard it from some of your family members kind of, you know? About, about that? Just about exhausting, how exhausting it was. Or I just remember my brother-in-law being super stressed out. My my younger brother, he's also, um, I think he's like a doctor of some sort, like in a medical thing, but um, I don't really, I don't, <laughs> it's kind of sad. I don't really like don't know get, what they don't. Keep in touch with them. It's okay. I, don't, I, I mean, I keep in touch with them. I talk to him all the time. I, we just don't talk about work. Like, I know he went to school and I know he has like a practice or something, but I don't really know what he does day to day. Like, right. I, I'm sure he knows that I work in the Bitcoin space, but he doesn't know what I do. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, but like, yeah, they were both stressed. And I remember mm -hmm. I never got COVID, which is kind of funny. But um, I remember um, when I was sick, 
he he like sent me a text of like these three like over the counter stuff to get. Okay. And that was like enough. But he, I remember my younger brother telling me he was like, "Yeah, card, you just got to catch it before it gets to the lungs. So make sure you you get it like before it gets to the lungs." He's like, "Don't wait on it." Like he's like, people tend to like put off being sick, not not wanting to help mm-hmm. themselves. That's kind of when I got them, when I treated them. They waited too long because they didn't know. They said, stay home, mm-hmm. stay at home orders or get better at home. And then they'd come in really sick. Yeah. Or just like rest, so. take care of yourself. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, I think I only had it for like maybe like five days. Um, I think super gave it to me actually. <laughs> So you did get it. I, thought you said it I, I don't know if we got it, but I, you never it, tested. Yeah. we never tested it. But like, I remember, I, okay. I remember <laughs> when like super came in and then he gave it to me and then John, like, it was a whole thing. It was like, everybody oh, had nice. gotten it. Passed but, it around. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think not, not all of us got sick. I think I just remember super getting sick, but, um, and then I got sick and then I think it was that, that was it. But, um, but I mean, you probably yeah. see it with, our, with our friends and Bitcoiners and stuff. Don't you feel like it? made people question more. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I feel like, okay, if you could talk about it and leave all the politics aside from it, like it really made people question everything to me. And that's yeah. great. Like, how do you get more, you know, more of the community into, let's question what that food is or let's question that. Yeah, so what, monetary are, you, what are you doing with Slim these days? Cause I, Cause I know you're working at what Bitcoin conference, right? Are you still working at Bitcoin conference? Yeah, I work uh, for the Bitcoin conference team and my boss is George McHale, who is one of the authors of thank God for Bitcoin. Oh, whoa, really? I always credit, I always credit Jimmy. I know. And you know, Jimmy sells his books everywhere and it's great, but there's like eight authors on the back of that. Yeah. And great book. Um, Funny story though, when I got hired with them, I, I just wanted to get out of, you know, my, my current, job, my current position. So I was still in Reading. I was trying to move out here. I was selling the house and I started looking, I think I looked on bitcoinerjobs.com. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh, cool. And LinkedIn and saw BTC Media and actually I credit Mills. Um, Mills gave me a Oh reference. yeah, shout out Mills. She had just, yeah, yay Mills. She had just got her job with um, Mike Germano and editing and video production. And she was like, I reached out to her on Twitter because I saw her post on Twitter. It said, you know, hey, I'm open for work. And then all of a sudden, hey, I'm hired, you know. And I was like, hey, I'm looking as well. And she goes, BTC Media has a recruiter position. I applied for that, interviewed. And at the end of the interview, they're like, we chose somebody else. I'm like, okay. And then they're like, well, we think you'd be great for community. And I'm like, well, what's that? Oh, really? Community engagement. Oh, boss. So that's how I got my job. Yeah. And they're like, well, we'll have you meet with George McHale and interview and talk about what it entails. So it's like a customer service, uh, community engagement is the department name. And you, you handle all kinds of things. You handle people. It's like, I've done that for years. Mm-hmm. Love it. You know? So I interviewed with him and right before my interview, I was like, Oh, Hey, Michael, I have a interview with George McKellie. He's like, I've been working with George for over a year. He loves Oshie. It's <laughs> like, what? Oh, you didn't tell him that. Okay. I didn't know the connection. You didn't drop the, yeah. I didn't realize. All you gotta do is just draw Atwood's name and then yeah. just doors open. Oshie. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> So anyways, obviously I was, you know, progressing in that job before. Yeah. Before anybody, before you even knew. Yeah. That's kind of cool. But yeah, so that's what I do with them. And, you know, they're expanding their meetup community. I think I talked to you a little bit about this. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. know. Can you say, can you say this stuff? I can say a little bit. I mean, they want to kind of, you know. Let it go. Let it, let it go guys. (laughs) CK, don't worry about it. There's yeah. CK, it's okay. (laughs) 
Well, he's so great. I love him. Um, so they want to do hyper-Bitcoinization around the world, right? So how do you do that? Well, George feels like yeah. it starts on the meetup level. And so they're working on some things in that realm. And I think our vision with that and Michael's aligns perfectly. You see it. Mm-hmm. It was great to, you know, start taking over the Austin Bitcoin Club. So in so many words, I mean, they're looking at positions with that, ways to capitalize on that avenue where it's like, how do you reach family? How do you reach women? How do you reach everyone that doesn't know about Bitcoin? It's through community. You know, so, and it's like yeah. uh, Sid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Captain Sid. I haven't met him yet. Shout out. So he came to the Beef Initiative. You didn't meet him there? I haven't. The I've, I've yet to meet oh, him. Oh, gosh. Oh, he's such a cool I guy. Know. So my kids are probably the only kids that signed his bike. Maybe maybe there are some other kids, but they signed his, you know, bike on the side. And um, he, I was talking to him and found out, you know, he's going to go to like 30 different meetups and go across the country. And oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I was listening to Odell's podcast about it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And then I just saw a video uh, last month. He shouted out to everybody he had worked with and Oshi and um, Slim. Like he shouted out to all mm-hmm. these different things. And um, I thought that was really awesome. But I interviewed him like a month ago. I'm like, hey. I got approached about Austin Bitcoin Club. I want to know your experience. Like what works, what doesn't? Multifaceted, right? Like this could help BTC Media. This could help Bitcoin, Austin Bitcoin Club. So I interviewed him and that was really eye-opening because how do you really know what's going on around the country with other meetups if you don't really go? 100%. Like, we kind of yeah. know what's just going on here. Yeah. Which I know what's going on in Reading because we you know, ran that for over a year. But um, that was really eye-opening to, to talk to him. But he went to the Beef Initiative Conference back on that. And so was Slim. I met Slim at, I don't know if you remember, do you remember when Kyle interviewed Michael at the Austin Bitcoin Club? And it was, it was the first one I had come. October? Counted. It was November. November. I think. Oh yeah, it was the, it was the. We did Oshi and Simon's in the background like, let's fucking go. No, it was, it was the one before we were going to, because we were going to like, the whole idea was let's get Michael introduced to the community. Yes. And then get people on board on Oshi. And then the next month we'll do the Bitcoin block party in December. Yes. So it was like coordinated like on a month in advance or two months in advance. That's yeah. when I met Slim. So Slim and I just sat next to each other. Started talking oh, about Oh, wait, you didn't, you didn't, wait. That's you the first time I met Slim. So Kyle, Kyle. I think you knew him first. Yeah. yeah. Kyle, Kyle knew him through um, uh, Cole because Kyle was ready to buy meat uh, through Cole. I did not know that and relationship then, started that long ago. Yeah. And oh, then wow. uh, and then Kyle introduced Slim to Cole or something like that. Um, That's really cool. But I, I met Slim prior like the day before that meetup and me and him were just like we just talked for like two hours that's kind of how our introduction yeah. was it was like yeah. hey who are you and I'm, oh i'm michael's girlfriend you know oh she's like oh i've been talking with michael i think this is a great great app and i have some ideas and we just started talking about health and food and it was about like two hours for the meetup and then he's like let's let's continue let's keep talking and yeah. once we kept talking he called me and he's like hey i um, I started talking to Adam Curry. Adam Curry really loves the Beef Initiative and the project. Like, I want you to be involved, Erica. Stay involved. Like, it's all volunteer work right now. Like, we're, you know, we're just yeah. we're planning these conferences. And it just blossomed from there. And so it's like, that's a passion of mine is health and fitness. So, especially your food. Absolutely. That's, yeah. that's kind of how it formed. So. It was awesome. Last last Thursday at the ABC. Mm-hmm. Dude, what have y'all done to ABC? It's way better. <laughs> great before i wanted to ask you about that i was gonna say it's so much better dude oh man you guys started a beautiful thing though i remember going no, to those first it, meetups and, and like now I, I look at it now i'm like i'm not jelly but i'm kind of like damn why did i think of this car like what the hell were you doing 
So when you approached me and talked about it. Uh, but I'm kind of just, I'm so proud of y'all. Like, honestly, I'm yeah. so proud. Just Thank like, you. Yeah. You had the beef there. It was a freaking conference. It's a conference. Like a beef conference. Um, and then, and then on top of that was a little mini beefsteak too. Right. There, you guys were out there <laughs> serving everybody like on a like, on plates. And we I'm like, what is our like, fingers? Like, is yeah. this really like what Austin Bitcoin Club is? Like, <laughs> I remember eating freaking sandwiches <laughs> and Tacos. like talking about Bitcoin and like uh, overtaking Austin <laughs> through a militia or something. You know, like it was like, completely right. different. <laughs> Oh, man. But now there's, like, families there. There was, uh, I swear, almost 20 women there at the last one. Yeah. There was a lot of Crazy. I, uh, so Sydney brought two of her friends, Francisco's wife. Oh, cool. So good. Boss, that's great. Yeah. Keep bringing them. Yeah, that was amazing, too. Um, but, yeah, it's just insane the amount of uh, how big it is now. It's, like, literally a conference. You could turn awesome, honestly, you know what you could do? Parker, if you're listening, you could turn Austin Parker. Bitcoin Club into a full conference day at the Bitcoin Commons. You could. You could. That's true. And he's like our uh, top moderator. You could like, you could literally you could moderator. literally start it like at 2 p.m. Yeah. and then like have all these things and then like they'll lead up to the main panel at oh, night. That's a good That's point. what I would do like if workshops. I was running it. Yeah. yeah. That's a great idea. That's what I would do if I was running it. So let's talk about club. Yeah, you're very passionate about, about it being called club. Oh, yeah, let's yeah. About that. Everybody, everybody. <laughs> um, Everybody's like hating on me because I say I make clubs, not meetups. I know. Why? But that's the only. On you? That's the only thing I. I am like passionate. Meetups like I'm like formal. That's the only thing I'm very like. Um, will go out on a limb and like die on that hill. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, there's a lot, obviously Bitcoin, but like, just in the banter. No, I. Th I think it's important because like. You know, I was like when I was in high school, I was like one of those people that would be into like video and audio and all that kind of stuff band and you know you would have like NGROTC then you'd have like all these other like little things and like for me like I was always hanging out with a bunch of people that you know like weren't accepted or like weren't a part of the cool people right and like so we would always have like clubs like there would be like an AV club mm -hmm. you know so it's like a group. For, You're part of a camaraderie. Yeah, there's like a there's like a, a, a like a like almost like a click to it. It's like a little small little like club. But with me, whenever I think meetups, that's why I was like so adamant about starting a club. Was like when you do a meetup, it doesn't feel like that. It, mm -hmm. it just feels like everybody's showing up to drink, and like it feels very. See, this people are gonna get upset. It feels very fiat. Um, <laughs> It feels very fiat because like because like when we were no offense to Capital Factory, but we were at Capital Factory. All they had was meetups. Like all they had right. was were meetups. So we saw tons of meetups come and go. They would start. People would stop going to them. You wouldn't see the same people come back. There would be no allegiance. There's no allegiance to a meetup. Um, maybe for the organizers and like a core group. But if you build a club, it's just it, it has I that think vibe more. Yeah, they I had they different. had meetups at the Capital Factor where you guys had Austin Bitcoin Club. What mm -hmm. were they about? Uh, Ethereum. Oh, they would have all sorts <laughs> of things. Blockchain. Oh, uh, help them. They would have other things too, but they were all meetups. Yeah. Um, but ours was a club, and like I think also too, it's just good when you send that out there. People will see your shirt, or people will see like mm -hmm. you know my pin. Sometimes I wear the pin, and people will be like, "Oh, what is Austin Bitcoin is Club?" Yeah. And then they want to know they want to be in a club like everybody yeah. wants to be in a club. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's oh. why I always say make, make clubs, not meetups. They're just better. 
I agree. Like, I am. Um, people my, don't. People don't listen. Yeah. And then they wonder why their meetup's not successful. <laughs> well, have you know that my daughter goes to something called Math Club, and I call it Club. There I don't know go. why, but I just called it Club. It's really math tutoring. That's perfect. And her mom says, "I love it that you call it a club." I said, "I know." My daughter wants to go now. Another thing too. Another thing too is like when you do like a club too, Erica. Like you literally will have like the the people that start the club, but and then mm -hmm. what's cool about a club is you can hand it off to somebody else. Like you hand off the club yeah. and that's how that's supposed to work. Um, but with a meetup, like you just know the organizer mm -hmm. and that's it. It's just, a, but I don't know, but right. you know what I'm, you know, what I'm starting to realize now it's kind of good that everybody made meetups because now the clubs are going to stand, stand out. Yeah. And so people will know like, Oh, if you're like in a Mecca, like Austin, you have to have a club. Like there's a club. Maybe if you're in New York, there has to be a club. Maybe I mean, if you're in other. Los Angeles, there has to be a club. But all these other smaller places are just meetups. Yeah. And then at the main centers. The club stands out. The club stands out because yeah. that's the thing that everybody is a part of mm -hmm. who also has meetups. Because you can make an Austin Bitcoin meetup right now. Right. But it wouldn't be Austin Bitcoin Club. Right. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a difference. Yeah. So. I think I think what you guys started was great. And I think there's a place for all of them. You know, there's a place for the bit devs. The design one that Paul's doing, that's great. Yeah, Austin Bitcoin Design Club. <laughs> My idea. That's true, ABDC, right? Yeah, because I, I help facilitate that My in the club, background. Yeah. Um, because that was another thing. It was no, like, let's clubs. make a club. Yeah. You know. Now we, we won't do like a you know anything else, probably because we don't need anything else at this point, unless there's something else, I doubt. Maybe a mining club, Bitcoin mining club. Oh yeah. Ooh. Hey, Marty. Ooh, Marty. Do it. Uh, mining, mining. Get brains to sponsor it. Uh, what was I going to oh, say? There you go. But yeah, I think, yeah, I think clubs. What do you think? What do you think about clubs and meetups? I think that I think that creates more camaraderie. Like I said, I think there's a, mm -hmm. and I I think on default I just called my daughter's math tutoring math club mm -hmm. because she had other clubs and you feel like you're part of something that's bigger and you're special and it's like a together format. Mm -hmm. Meetup is very formal. Capital Factory has that kind of, you know, suit and tie. Yeah, you're just supposed to be there and drink and network. It doesn't feel. Mm -hmm. I just think meetup.com, you know, yeah. <laughs> coined that phrase. And so people call it, but they can really call it anything they want. Was it, isn't National Nashville Bitcoiners? Yeah, you could. You know, so I think club's great. Yeah, or we call like a Bitcoiners. Yeah, that's another great name yeah. too. No one that's to kind of cool. We don't need to hate on it. But I would say stay away from meetup. <laughs> Yeah, I get so much advice from car. <laughs> so much hate. Um, what is it like being a mom? Being a mom's great. But being a mom these days, as opposed to when you were growing up. I would say what's hard is electronics. There's like a place, time and a place for that, right? So when I first met Michael, he was like, I was like, I don't want my kids watching YouTube. I don't want them on the electronics too much. And we had to find that balance. So when we grew up, it's like, we didn't have constant mm. stimulation, but there is a time and a place for it, right? Like they learn a lot from it, but what are they watching? Um, if you don't give them, I was just watching this uh, Joe Rogan life advice thing yesterday. If you don't have breaks from it and you're not bored, like innovation doesn't come because you have stimulation in your face and you're constantly looking at a screen, right? Mm -hmm. So as a mom, you have to find that balance of like what's proper and what's going to be something that's really benefiting them for the future. Like handing the kid a phone when they're really little 
because mm-hmm. they're crying or whatever. Okay, if you're making food in the kitchen or something and you want them to be simulated and you throw on the TV, okay, great. But literally when you just see kids outside in a stroller and they've got a phone in front of them, wow. they're not seeing things around them. They're not, you know, and that, that'll just, they want that as they get older, I noticed, you know, they want that more and more than they want to be outside bored. Like when we were kids, remember, go out and play, come home when it's dark kind of thing, right? So being on is great, but it is challenging to know they're seeing the right content, lock them out of things you don't want them to see, and then giving them limits. Mm-hmm. That's a hard thing because then you're the bad guy, right? Like, why don't you just let me have this or that? So as my kids get older, it's it's harder and harder to like find that balance. So at first, Michael was like, there's a lot of good things I can learn from this or that. And so the more we gave, the more they wanted. Oh, interesting. So you have to just find that balance. And I was talking about that life advice thing. And, you know, I had my son watch it yesterday and Joe Wogan was talking about like, you know, when he changed his life or when he really had some, you know, thought provoking thoughts about things that he wanted to do. It was when he was bored, when you're just sitting there without mm-hmm. stimulation. So you just, being a mom is great, but I'm just saying for the world of technology, you have to find a balance right. for it. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like, I think like when we were growing up, it was a little bit different because it's kind of similar how like when the bicycle was invented, mm-hmm. you know, people people rode bicycles and it would make them more efficient, right? And I right. think it was very similar for us when we grew up, like computers made us more efficient because we came around like the 90s. So there's just like a little bit of like, input and output kind of with the computer interacting with it. So it just made us more efficient. It got our brains to think clearer. I think the biggest problem that I see now with like phones and iPads and stuff is like, gosh, I hope it's making uh, these kids more efficient with like creating or with like coding or I think just consumption in general is just too much, too much consumption doesn't lead to enough, um, you know, innovation, but that's my biggest thing. I hope that, uh, I mean, I know my sister, she, she kind of sets it for like, I think like seven and eight that they can use their iPads and stuff. Uh, and like that's every day after school. Like and a they go after to bed. school time frame. Yeah. yeah. It's great. The time frame option yeah. phones and iPads now. Yeah. yeah. But you know, on the positive, like my kids both know how to like operate a moon wallet, create a oh, really? QR code. No way. Invoice. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Whoa. And my daughter's 10. So. You know, wow, she's that's a little awesome. fumbles through it. My son has got it down. But when we did that Bitcoin summit event in Reading, where mm-hmm. we had all the businesses there. That's one thing I didn't tell you that ki- my kids were there. Emma was selling art. So she had a BTC pay server oh, up cool. on an iPad and Ethan was selling Shamory books. And, um, Oh, wow. What's the other game or no Bitcoin money books. And then the Shamory card mm-hmm. game. So they knew how to do that almost two years ago now, you know, like just how to Whoa. run that. And so, there's your technology, you know, benefit, right? That's cool. They understand that. So when they're 18 or older and they're like, oh, I totally know how this works. Mm-hmm. Like how my Bitcoin wallet works. Like we've paid them and for chores and Bitcoin and we've had them hold their savings in a wallet. And, oh, wow. You know, really? so That's so cool. They want to spend it all the time. That's just how kids are. You mm-hmm. have to like really ingrain Teach some of that them, in yeah. there. Yeah. So Michael's been really good about that. Yeah. Do they, um, do they have any interest in like coding or anything like that? My, yeah, my son does. So my daughter's artsy, so she's more into that. But my son took a coding camp this last year and made videos. And, Whoa. you know, there's a place called Coding Ninjas in Austin. So you can do that kind of thing and they can learn it. And he did another coding class when we were in Reading. So I just kind of like getting his feet wet a little bit. Cool. You know, because 
I don't know about you when you were a kid, but I remember if your parents force you to do something over and over again, you don't want to do it. Right. So like, they forced me to do piano lessons and then I hated it. Yeah. You know, but like my son played violin at one of his, um, art schools. He was, they both went to a Mandarin immersion program Oh, boss! at the last school they were at. So uh-huh. they learned half the day in Mandarin and it was a theater performing arts school too. And so he learned to play the violin and I made him do it as an activity because they have to choose one, some kind of an instrument. And he came home and he's like, I, I don't like it. Everyone's a year in, they know how to do it way better than me. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make you try it one more time mm-hmm. just to make sure, you know? And so he tried it one more time. And then he was like, no, I really, I know I won't like this. Like, okay, choose a different instrument or choose a different. Yeah. So at least, you know, you get their feet wet to do those things. But if they don't like it and you force them, it's just nature. We're going to not want to do it. Yeah. I think, I think that's like the coolest thing about kids is like, you never know what they're going to get into. And then when they finally do get into something, you're kind of just surprised. Like, uh, whoa, where'd that come from? Yeah. Were you creative when you were young and were you like, um, like that with coding and stuff? Is that where you think they got it from or like? No, that uh, I, I think just technology and the formation and the spawning of how it evolved is how my son got into that. Okay. Um, but for me, I was an artsy, like my daughter. I wasn't, that was my mom and my brother. I was more um, into sports at times or I liked people and like, well, I liked to people watch. I'd like really? sit back and just like, <laughs> analyze the situation. Sometimes there may be a little eavesdropping. I might be talking with something and completely into that conversation, but I'm over here listening really? to what's going on over here. Yeah. I, well, I don't know. <laughs> How do you do that? I was talking to AK 47 about this and she does it too. A little does bit. she really, maybe all women do that where they're just like, I don't know. I mean, and I don't want it to be that I'm not like listening or focused on what the person's saying, but there might be something I'm catching and I'm like kind of I'm not over here. Okay. But you're still talking but to But I'm them. still talking Whoa. to them. No, I'm going to look for it next time I'm talking to you at a meetup. I'm going to be like, are you really listening to me, Erica? <laughs> what were they saying over there? <laughs> what were they saying over there? Are we just listening to them, Erica? What's going on You're not paying attention to me. <laughs> no, people are fascinating, right? Like, Yeah, I love I, people. I got a degree in psychology just for fun. So I just really? went and got my bachelor's in psychology. What'd you learn? Uh, man. What, learned, was that, what was it like the number one thing you learned? I never took psychology. Generally, people just want to be loved or nurtured. Or accepted. And you just kind of have to. That makes sense. When you're talking to somebody and like we've talked a lot about different things. Yeah. They're usually coming from a certain place and there's. A place of hurt. <laughs> Stop. I didn't say that. I said that. <laughs> well, I think, I think communication and listening is just super powerful. Yeah. Like when you're talking to people in a relationship, in a friendship, like when you sit back and you kind of replay things that people say later, or maybe during the conversation, you're like, they're really trying to tell me something or they're like, Oh dude, for real, right? For help. And it's amazing the walls we put up to like say these little subtle things or like, if you just sit back and watch people's communication and you learn about this in the hospital, they teach you over and over again, like how to deal with patients and how to deal with their behavior. And you just watch people's just their posture, their arms up, you know, or, their stances or people that um, like me right now, I'm just like contact. being lazy. Yeah, just we're like, just ah. relaxed. <laughs> I had some breakfast tacos this morning. That's oh, nice. Like, Where'd you go get those? I made them. Oh, that's your that's your staple. We've yeah, about we this. talked about this. All right, yeah. let's keep going. Let's tell me more Anyways, about psychology. Yeah, just I don't know. I just I'm, and that's why I think I like jobs that involve dealing with people, or any kind of community or meetups. Mm. Um, well, clubs. I just like like interacting with people. And I like to watch a lot. 
But if you just watch conversations sometimes and you see that people are coming from certain places, Damn. you might analyze why they're acting that way. If they're being like, say they're being a jerk or, yeah, you know what I mean? Like if you just watch what they do yeah. and listen to what they say, you're like, wow, people are fascinating. There was a time, I will say this, there was a time probably before I was baptized where I would like really read into that. And I think you're, I think you're right. I definitely think you're right. I think, it, I think you're even more right to the people that we know. Mm-hmm. Like if I know you pretty well, you know me pretty well. So you could probably read into it and you would probably be right. Cause right. you know, we know each other pretty well, but I would say the people, the people that I don't know well, or don't maybe have like one conversation with, or I just don't know on a deep level like that. I try not to do that. Cause I don't, I don't want to put that in wrong. my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I just don't. You know, and that's the mystery of it, right? Like, I don't want to judge somebody, but sometimes I'm like, I just got a different feeling about that, or I feel like this person is that, and they might be having an off day. So mm-hmm. you don't want to do it, but as you get to know yeah. someone and you have more and more conversations with them, or listen to what they say, I start like you know analyzing little idiosyncrasies, something they maybe do with their hands. <laughs> you sound or, like me. I just I, I go running. I go running. I go running. Keon's office. Be like, Keon. So what do you think about this? <laughs> Scandal. <laughs> Does he do that too? No, he loves scandal though. He oh, loves drama. Gosh. He lo- He was out there and he go- he opens his door today and he's like, how can you stop yell talking? <laughs> and I'm sitting there working on my computer. I'm like, this is a really loud conversation happening over here between him and Nick. And he's like, sure. <laughs> yeah. Kyle talks really loud. That was, uh, that was Keon. He wanted to talk and his door is closed. Yeah. His door is closed. <laughs> I'm like right in the heat of it, but. That's funny. I don't know. Yeah, that's why I come over here on this side. So like, this is the quiet area. That's what. Yeah, I this told. is the creative side because mm-hmm. me and John are on this side. Super's over here now. Scooper was on that side, but Super's come over here on this oh, side. Oh, it's like so. So it's not that one side's. I think our side's good. better. I think our side's a better part of Plub Lab. Okay. Honestly, I think okay. all the talents on this side. Obviously, Michael's here on this side, so it makes more sense. Okay. Is that I'm like the kidding. lightning? I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I'm Kyle's gonna listen to this and get so pissed. Car quit saying that. There's not two sides of Plub Lab. Well, so we, so Alex had. I wish Alex was still here. You talked about decorating. Yeah, he, I don't want to talk about Alex's life, That's but okay. like, yeah, he um, he had some stuff he had to go back to. But um, okay. yeah, man, life comes pretty fast. You know, we talked about my personal stuff before, and like, and then we've talked about like, you know, that that she came back. Mm-hmm. And I think I think I'm at a point now where I think you just I've already forgiven her for everything, and like it's just it's life, right? Like, because at the end of the day, like we were friends, so you should still be friends. Like you shouldn't. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of hurt there and stuff like that, but you know, all is fair in love and war, right? Isn't right. that a saying or something? Yeah. Um, well, but, it goes back to everyone yeah. wants to be loved and nurtured, right? Yeah. When you have those relationships and then you they're they're gone or they're lost. Yeah. Sometimes you seek those out again. Or something similar. Yeah, I think so. I think so. The good thing is like she's doing a lot better now and she's um she seems like she's in a good place now that we're talking. So I think that's good. I think that's healthy. Good. Um because I, I honestly don't think about anything, you know, prior. So it for me it's like um I've already have forgiven and let go. Mm-hmm. I think that that was easy for me. And I think now talking to her, it seems like, like the other day, I don't think she's listening to this. So I think we'll be fine. <laughs> I don't know how you tell. Should we search some nah, IP be, addresses? No, nah, it'll be fine. Okay. Uh, and then we're not live anyway. We're just recording. Um, but um, yeah, I, th- I think, I think she, I think she needed to talk. And I think there was something there that, 
she lost, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think for her, she, um, she missed her friend. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with being a friend back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think that's kind of where it is now, where it's just like, you know, she, um, she needs somebody to talk to about a lot of things that she had, you know, that, that she had in her life. And there's really no one that she really talked to about this stuff except for me, which kind of made sense. But yeah, I have yeah. a pinned um, tweet. I think I leave it up there all the time. That's basically like every human connection is unique. Like one doesn't replace another. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't like, okay, I had this relationship or I had that friendship, but there's always something about that person, right? That's different. There's things that are similar that you can try to fill the void with. But at the end of the day, like, we're all unique human beings. No one mirrors and matches each other perfectly. So, you know, your connection is is unique and it's in you, some people don't want to just forget that or give it up and it's okay to validate it right? You know, and go, okay, that had its place. Is it in my life anymore or not? But that has its place. Yeah. It might evolve and morph and change into some other kind of connection, but it had its place. Yeah. Like how did you, how did you deal with that when you were, um, you know, when you were, when you were moving on with all that kind of stuff, did you, were you able to, I mean, obviously he moved here to Texas too, right? Like, He's so. moving. Yeah. Um, I think it was just more of, okay. I was a different person then we were different people. I know now what I should, you know, do and who I should be with. I thought we changed, we changed. Yeah. We were at the Grand Canyon. It felt like. <laughs> Now it's some kind of ad. Oh, now we're what getting is the, this. We're now a we're, blockchain ad? What's going on? I don't know what's coming on. Oh, Might be a blockchain ad. I don't know. Oh, there it goes. Oh, there we go. I don't know what that is. I think it's a drone <laughs> company. Shout there out. There we are. Them. We're back. And we're back to Austin. Um, I think I grew into a different person and wanted to be healthier and go a certain way. And he didn't. And which now everything is different and everything's changed, right? So the kids have a great influence and good relationship, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I just realized like, it's not what it was and I'm not the same either. Mm. So once you progress and things change in your life, like your life changed, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, now where does that connection fit in? Where does that relationship fit in? Or does it, yeah. Right, and if it doesn't, that's fine. You go your ways. And it's hard because, you know, I know a lot of people just um, stay together because they don't want to, separate that out or sometimes they can hold you back. They can hold you back. You're not going to be who you want to be, but um, it's better to know earlier in your life. Cause you, you know, you don't get one shot at that. So yeah, might as well figure that out. Yeah. And every time I have somebody on, it turns into a psychology <laughs> therapy, therapy session. By Erica. With car. In car. Yeah. Dang. A lot to think about. Well, I want to ask you about podcasting. Yeah, let's start. Let's change subjects. Yeah. Let's make, like, make it light. Gears. Um, so, podcasting, really? And writing. I don't know anything about podcasting. Well, did you start writing or doing live? Podcasting? Yeah. Like, did you write first? Because, you know, Thriller Bitcoin. Like, how did it oh, spawn? And how did it spawn? Up? I used to be in the crap coin space, the poo-poo space. Okay. Um, I interviewed, like, Joe Lubin and Charles Hoskins. Like, yeah, all these crazy guys. Wow. I was full on crypto is so, so dis- disgusting after the punk band disgusting days, with I didn't myself. Know okay. um then yeah i met gary leland gary leland orange for me over the course of like two years uh you invite me a bit walk boom Great guy. and then finally um 
He was like, yeah, you should do, just do Bitcoin car. If you do Bitcoin, you'd be successful kind of thing. And then I started Thriller Bitcoin. Um, but I actually used to have like a sub stack. So I had like a sub stack from like 2019 to 2020 and it was behind a paywall. Okay. Um, this is why I'm so anti-paywall. <laughs> I was making money. Started but, with paywall and club. Yeah, I was making from, I was making money in the paywall, but it just wasn't getting any traction. So I was okay. like, yeah, you know what? Um, so then I, I, I like, you know, I think I saw like, I think it was like, Bitblock Boom 2020, I believe it was, or maybe it was Bitblock Boom 2019. I forget which one it was. I don't remember at this point. Um, but that's when I realized, okay, I'm going to go full into Bitcoin. And then I moved, changed it to like Thriller Bitcoin. And then I told myself like, and this is what I've just come to realize to be true. And if anybody who has a podcast and if you're not getting traction and you're probably wondering why, you should start writing. Mm. Um, because I started, I started Thriller Bitcoin but with, I was going to do writing as well. So I had, I was just going to write about whatever I wanted regarding like um, Bitcoin, but really focused, not, not so much Austin, but just really focused on like my views on it. This was like back in 2021, like early 2021. Like I was just like my views on how I see Bitcoin um, playing out. And then, yeah, then I went to Bitcoin conference did all that, then met Keon, then came back and then really focused more on lightning. And then at that point, just started writing about lightning stuff uh, during the summer of 2021. And then I was already recording podcasts. Um, and then I uh, got the job with Marty Bent and then just focused on doing TFTC for a really long time. And then it was at that point where like, I asked Marty, I was like, hey, Marty, is it cool if I start up Thriller Bitcoin again? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Go for it. So yeah. I started doing working on that, um, just like on my spare time whenever I wasn't working on TFTC stuff. And then it's just kind of, I, I wouldn't, even now we're still not making money. I'm losing like three hundred dollars oh, a month no. just doing Thriller Bitcoin. Come on, people! Come on, people! <laughs> we need a sponsor for this I pod. I love Thriller. So uh, why did you come up with Thriller? Let's how did I name. come up? Mm -hmm. The name. Uh, I've always been a fan of like Michael Jackson since I was, I was a kid. That. Like okay. since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And this is like, not, I'm not, I'm talking about his music, just like his music. Yeah. <laughs> not not a fan of there. his life. Just like his, I can separate the man from his creativeness. <laughs> I was, no, I was, I was, I was a fan of his music when I was a kid. Michael Jackson was always playing when I was a kid. And it was like him and Michael Jordan, the two Michaels. Right. Yep. And then, um, um, and as I got older, I really got into more music and stuff. And I, I always used to say like, Bitcoin is, is a thriller. Cause you never know, like mm. it can go up, it can go down, but it'll right. always a ride. It's a ride. Yep. So like, I like that. Yeah. It'll be a thriller no matter what. I like that. Yeah. yeah. You, a great taste in music ever since I listened to, I think when Michael was on thriller last year. Oh really? Yeah. When you guys first yeah, people him, always compliment me like, on the music. Damn. I'm like, man, no one ever compliments me on my interviewing skills. <laughs> No, that's a given. <laughs> like, I feel like it's great. Like, you have great no, I'm a terrible skills. interviewer. But the music in between, I'm like, he has a very wide array of music. Like, I grew up going to concerts. That was kind of a thing. I went to punk shows, mm -hmm. raves, you name it. Reggae shows. Never really liked country. Sorry, I prepared these. Mm -hmm. But, like, huge, wide variety of music for me. And that was just my thing in my, in my 20s and high school. Like, I'm going to go to a concert. I want to go to concerts. And so, you know, you have this base of 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s music or whatever that you just start listening to. 
And I, every time I hear you, I'm like, dang, he really has a wide variety. Yeah. Cause uh, like that was a thing growing up. Everybody like, does. Growing up, like all we, all we did was like play music in my household. Uh, my dad would play music. He'd play guitar and like he would sit us on his, on his lap and like he would sing and stuff. Aww. Yeah. And then my mom would always play music whenever she would yeah. clean. Yep. Um, and then out. it was all sorts of music too. It wasn't mm-hmm. just like whatever. And then uh, when they got divorced, uh, my mom, you know, had my stepdad and he was African-American and he would always be playing like Motown and like hip hop and all this stuff. Yeah. Funk. (laughs) So like that wasn't even a different type of blend for me. Yeah. That's where I like really got into that type of music. And then when I started a punk band in my 20s, driving out art school, then we started playing like punk and thrash and stuff like that Mm -hmm. because I had like a girlfriend when I was like 20, 19 around there. Mm -hmm. And she was like an older, she was like an older woman. Oh. And uh, she's not that old. She was like probably two or three years older, but she was cool. Yeah. Like she was like really cool. Cause uh-huh. a lot of my friends were like, damn, you got a girl like that. Like, um, yeah. because she was like in college and I had just graduated high school. And like, anyway, long story short, we're not talking about that today. Long story <laughs> short. Uh, Walked you right into that one. Rocky, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> long story short. Uh, yeah, she was into all these other type of music, like the doors, oh, so like Led Zeppelin. Perfect. Like yeah. all this other mm-hmm. stuff. Like stuff I would never even have heard of without but her. Wasn't it amazing? You're like, Yeah, this dude. Really good we would music. we would be doing like we would get high. We wouldn't do drugs or anything. We would get high and we would just like listen to like, you know, the wall or whatever. And then um, yeah. And then like we started like I said, me and my friend started a punk band, and we did all that most of my twenties, and then I moved to Austin. There was even more music. So oh, like yeah. music's a big part of my life. Like it's been a big part of my life. And so now I'm at a point now where I'll spend like a Sunday, you know, I'll come back from church. I'll just come back home and just play music all day. I wouldn't even turn on the TV. Mm-hmm. Like for the most part, I don't turn on the TV at all. No. The only time What's I, TV? yeah. The only time I ever turn on the TV is like to watch a film or yeah. watch like a, a movie or something. And, but other than that, it's like listening to music 24 seven. Um, even like my head, I get really upset. Like today I forgot my headphones. So I wasn't able to listen oh, to music no. coming in here, yeah. but I always have my AirPods mm-hmm. wired AirPods. Um, <laughs> I got to make sure you say that. I know uh, you lost a pair. We're yeah. bummed about that in Nashville. That's okay. We won't talk about that. Nobody um, has those. You should return them. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I was able to get some at the airport, but okay. yeah. So I think now I just go to record shops, uh, you know, go to half price books, find some stuff there. Mm-hmm. Spotify, YouTube. Um, always on the lookout for great music. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, if I hear a song, like, Tristan will be playing something. I'll be like, Tristan, what is that? I want to know what that is. That's what I yeah. like. Shazam it. Whatever. Yeah, I'll go ask Log it in the Spotify. Uh, I heard a great song the other day. Gosh, it was so beautiful. It really? was like It was like, it was like emotionally beautiful. I'll have to send that to me. Yeah, I'll what? play it at the end of this. You'll be like, whoa. Oh, good. It was so good. It was so gem. It was so good, dude. And it just like really touched me. And I was like, damn. Isn't that funny how music can just really be like it can hit you in an inspiring way or just different. Like it can make you just like take you into a whole nother place, give you goosebumps. Like it's really. What's your favorite type of music? Oh, I don't really have a favorite. I mean, I I love several different genres. I'm telling you, like I whenever you hit through the Pixies or the yeah, yeah, yeah's or like I grew up in the era of like alternative uh, 70s, 80s, like this is what I listened to. It wasn't just the era I grew up in, right? And then I, f- I feel like when we kind of hit like the 2000s, I was like, I don't feel like the bands are as unique. Mm-hmm. Like it took a little bit to find like really unique bands in that era to where I was like, these aren't the doors. These aren't, you know, 
mm-hmm. whatever. Like there's just some really unique music between 70 and 2000, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a favorite genre because I like so many different genres. I just didn't really like yeah. country. Don't like country. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but. Yeah, I've, I feel like country, I've grown, it's grown on me over the years. I definitely didn't like it um, like, growing up, but it's so grown on me now. The old kind of country is different than. Oh, like, like 90s country, like George Strait. Like um, Merle Haggard. You know who Merle Haggard mm-hmm. is? Will Nelson. Willie Nelson. You know yeah, Nelson. So that's a completely different type of country, right? Mm-hmm. Than like, what are some newer ones? Carrie Underwood, George Strait, or whatever. I saw this like, guy, this particle kid. I saw him at the Willie Nelson concert. And he was oh, really? freaking awesome. Oh, cool. There's a lot of good, some of there's a lot really of good, good country bands at the Willie Nelson concert. So. Do you think you're um, speaking to your mom playing music? Do you think you're more like your mom or your dad? Who, me personally? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh, deep question. Let me think. I don't know. I th- my mom was a community organizer. Most people don't know that. Um, That's neat. Um, what kind, what kind of uh, she she used to she used to do uh, the woman's shelter, um, mothers against drunk driving. Oh wow! All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like my mom was like one of those people you would see out in in the community. She would be on the local news all the time. Mm-hmm. She would be in the newspapers all the time. I would go places and people were like, oh, that's your mom? You're like, yeah, that's my mom. mom. So it's not, it's like not a, like my sister, she always makes fun of me. It's like, oh, car. You're exactly like mom. It's like what, <laughs> what I do now. But you're around her more? When I was growing up, like she would, she would take me with her to all her speakings and stuff like that. So I would see her speak in front of people okay. and then see like people cry to her and like, you know, cause it was like, you know, yeah. battered women that were yeah. like going to her and stuff. Um, and so like, yeah, like I think for me, like seeing that and seeing the type of like impact that she had to this day, I, I still, people still visit her in her nursing home. Like people go visit her because she's like retired yeah. now. So yeah. And so like that to me, just, it just shows you like, if you really like give everything to your community, um, your community will take care of you and they will not forget you. Um, and I think my mom's a testament to that. That's a neat way to see your mom too. When you're growing up, see her in that light. Yeah. I, I go, people. I go right. over there. I go over there and she's like, I love it. I love that you're doing what you're doing. You love what you do now, mijo. And she, apparently like before when I was working in it, she's like, yeah. Um, she's like, it was fine that you're doing it stuff. And I was proud of you, but. I'm more proud of you now. I'm like, what? Like, wait, wait, wait a second. What does that mean? This whole time? Like, <laughs> damn, mom. The truth like, comes out, mom. She's like, and then she's like, can you make me a cassette tape of your podcast? I just want to hear your voice. Oh. Yeah. So I, she I, probably I, watches this, right? No, nah, I don't. Maybe. Yeah, oh, unless, you should send it unless to my sister in law goes over there and like. She would probably love to see it. Oh, yeah. She would love it. Yeah. She would go until. She connect her She with would it. go until like all her. Her yeah. like nursing, nursing home son. friends are like, he's on TV. <laughs> like mom, that's YouTube. That's right. I don't know what YouTube is. Um, no, I love my mom. What about you? How's your parents? Do you still have your parents? I do. Yeah. Um, awesome. They both are into Bitcoin. Wow. It keeps going. So my mom is uh, really into health and research. So she taught me about like medicinal Eastern medicine since, since I was a teenager. And when she found something, she would read, read, read on it, show mm-hmm. me. And then I went to respiratory school and went through the Western medical system. And then she would show me these things. I'd be like, this does not line up at all. 
you know, and I would do my job and I'd be like, some of this stuff, there's a place for Western medicine and Eastern medicine, but some of this stuff is not like what I'm reading over here or the research that says over here. So I started like eating better, like in my, you know, really young age and like, okay, I don't want to do this or that, but they're telling me to do it and give it mm-hmm. in the hospital. So it just kind of made me question everything. And then I think Michael kind of like started talking about Bitcoin. They were already starting to read things about it. And then they were all in. It was my stepdad and her that got into Bitcoin. Wow. And he's from Europe and escaped communism. So easy. Right? Yeah. Those, those type of people that immigrate over were like all in. Like their monetary system was broken. They lived in communism all in. So you know, they, they do some mining and they're into Bitcoin. Whoa, but really? she really taught me to question everything. Even my dad. My dad was a Vietnam vet. And so he was the, he's the, where I get my social, my social aspect from and my people person kind of thing. Like we, as kids, I remember we'd go out to breakfast and on the way home, we'd see somebody with their car broke down. He'd pull over, start talking to them, fix their car. He was a uh, fighter jet mechanic. So he like took things apart, put them back together. That's just what my dad's brain, you know, that's Mm -hmm. just how he operated. So if someone's car was broken, he would help them fix it or, I can't tell you how many times we were at restaurants and countless times it would be Filipino or Hispanic or whatever. He'd speak a couple words of their dialect just to get that connection. And then they talked to him more in their language and he'd be like, Oh, I don't really know a lot. And this, that, and he was in sales for years. So my dad was just that person that connected with people. And I oh, learned cool. that from him. Like all you have to do is kind of like connect on with them on a tiny little level. And then they like yeah. break down the walls and they're cool. Yeah. Most people want to talk about them. So you just mm-hmm. got to like let them. But he got into Bitcoin too. So mm-hmm. they're both uh, into that, which is great. And he, Vietnam vets question a lot because they weren't oh, yeah. accepted when they came back from Vietnam. Right. So they were mm-hmm. kind of like screwed by the government a little bit. Gosh. So he definitely questions things too. So what better to look into a monetary system that's, Solid, right? And sound, so. Speaking of the monetary system. Speaking we of got, Bitcoin. We got today's fun fact. Oh, cool. Can you believe it? I want to hear about these. So today's fun fact here on Thriller Bitcoin is, did you know, Erica, Austin has the largest urban bat colony in North America. During mm. spring and summer, about 1.5 million Mexican free-tailed bats migrate to Austin and emerge from under the Congress Avenue Bridge every night. Tourists and residents wait for and watch this unique spectacle. But it was because in 1980, they renovated the Congress Avenue Bridge into an ideal bat cave. And that's when they started migrating over. The best time to see them is between 7.30 p.m. and 9.45 p.m. It can take as long as 45 minutes. And that's today's fun fact. Bats. I'd like to add to that fun fact. Yeah. I've been trying to see the bats. Really? Because <laughs> we moved here and I was like, what is this bat thing all about? I looked it up. It's going to end in November, maybe even October. Yeah. So Seasonal. you got to get your, get your spot you gotta now. You got to come here now and get then your, you'll, get, you'll get to the bats. Bat watching. Have you gone? Have you, you just tried? So I looked into, there's, I mean, shout out to all the Austin companies. I'm going to help out here. There's a boat that you can take mm-hmm. some kind of tours. That's like you two go hour. underneath there. Yeah. You go underneath there. It's, it's like $15, totally affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, or there's these donut boats you can rent, which are more expensive, like have a picnic on it. Those. And then there's, you know, just standing on the Congress bridge or underneath the Congress bridge and waiting with what people. most people do. Most people stand on the Congress bridge. Right. So I was, I was torn on that. So I went on the calendar to, to get the tickets for the boat, the two hour. I thought that'd be good for the kids. They can hang out on the boat, see, see Austin, 
and then mm-hmm. see the bass and we can go home and not have to worry about crowds and walking on the road and all that. And then it was sold out. So my oh. goal is to see it just to see, just to see what it's like. Yeah. Have it's pretty it? cool. I've only okay. seen it one time, but it was, I was not entirely sober. Oh <laughs> <Sorry>. man. <laughs> it was fine. Um, yeah, go, I would definitely do it. It's something if you're coming into town. You should definitely go see the bats. And if you live here, you definitely should eat, definitely should eat the bats. You definitely should see the bats. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. When I, when I was uh, before I was going to get into Bitcoin, me and my friends, or before I was going to move into the Bitcoin space, me and my friends were talking about doing our own IT company, oh. and it was going to be called Bat City IT. Mm-hmm. But we never did it. Bat City IT. Yeah. Did you like get the website by the by the name? I think I bought the domain. I don't yeah, know if I still have it anymore, but um, yeah, it would have been big. Know. Who knows? Still could happen. Maybe. Maybe not. No, my tea is really hard. Yeah. You yeah. know what? I figured out and I'm going to let everyone know on this. It's a trade secret. What? Being in the hospital for years and calling IT. Mm-hmm. And I have a problem on the computer. You know what the trade secret is? And you know what they tell you? Restart. Turn it on and off. <laughs> Turn it on and off. Turn it off and on. Yeah. That's it, huh? I, I And I always get her eyes out of them. I'm like, is that what, is that what they taught you? Is that trade secret? And they're like, what? And I'm like, turn it on and off every time. Yeah, restart <laughs> they laugh. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, there's, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of funny that they tell you that, but it's mostly like windows. There were windows systems. Is that why? Yes. They, yeah. yeah. So you would have windows. like updates that were pending or stuff that. Or older hard drives or older towers. And yeah, it's a, it's a whole yeah. laundry list of things, but, um, but I feel like yeah. a lot of them are, it's like a male dominated field. So that's kind of like, and well, I think we had like, like two, I feel like we had like two people that were, um, yeah, I think maybe two people the entire time I was there. And then, yeah, you're right. Most of them were like account, account people or some type of biz dev person that were female. Yeah, it's mostly, yeah, you're right. Speaking of females, so why do you think there's not as many females in Bitcoin? I think there's a lot. Okay, but there's not as many. I think, you know males. what I think it is? I want to know your opinion because I'm kind of working on maybe writing a little article about this. I think I think there's a lot of females. I just don't think they, at least the ones I talk to, they don't want to be public. Okay. Like they don't want to be public. Um, why, why do you think that is? I think it's because uh, of a lot of things. I think, uh, I think just females in general, they don't, I mean, what do I know? I'm not female, but I, I, I would <laughs> well, say, I, I, I would say, you know, it's probably some, it's probably the same reason why guys don't, you know, go online and be public about Bitcoin and stuff like that. Maybe they have like their families or their career or something like that related. And I think that's probably more of a reason. Um, and, and I would also say like, I think, I think us as like Bitcoin media uh, people, and I can throw myself in that. Um, I think we don't give enough women a, a platform to talk. That's a good point. I think that's, I think that's another thing. I think that plays a, I think that plays probably the biggest role is if you don't give women a platform, then um, they're not going to see themselves out there and want to go off and like make that. Well, yeah. I mean, if you look, you know, you look up fintech and that kind of industry or that career, I mean, it's, it's always been kind of dominated mm-hmm. by men. Right. So then you go into, okay. I got the reason I'm questioning is because I'm always the only girl at, at a meetup, like when I was in Reading. Right. So I'm like, mm-hmm. what, what would get more women into it? I mean, they don't really like to just meet and talk about money. You know, there's two types of women I see in Bitcoin. There's ones that are in finance and technology 
And then there's the others, you know, and I would put myself in the other category. I didn't go to school for finance and technology at all, but I'm completely interested in Bitcoin. And I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago or a while ago, where it's like all roads lead to Bitcoin, right? I think that's what Parker mm -hmm. Lewis says, but it's like, if you're into homeschooling or you want to be better in your life or you want to have a healthier lifestyle, you probably would be into Bitcoin. You just don't know it yet. Mm -hmm. Right. So how do we get there? How do we get, it doesn't have to be that they have to be public. Like how do we get more women slash families maybe, or more women into Bitcoin to where either they want a space to talk about it or I they think, show up at the meetups. Like how do we get there? I think, I think we're already kind of seeing it. And you and Michael, here, yeah. you, know, you and Michael are already kind of doing it. It turns out like the, if you want to look at it kind of like that kind of lens, I think the, the key to get more women involved is through family. Yeah. And it seems like that's, that was the, the thing that we didn't, we missed. Or people like aspiring we, to have a family. Yeah. yeah. We were trying to go mm -hmm. after women in like, you know, like solo as opposed, as opposed to like, no, First, let's get the families in and then the women will come because they'll feel safe because there's kids there. There's kids there. There's um, mm -hmm. other women there. And I, I kind of we're seeing that. I think I saw like maybe like four or five families at Austin Bitcoin Club mm -hmm. um, past this past Thursday. And then there was the most women I've ever seen at any meetup in my entire in my entire life was this past Thursday right. at Austin Bitcoin Club. Um, but I also think it's because you, Michael our family that runs the Austin Bitcoin club. Like that's not, I don't even know how, who really knows that too though. Well, now they know, <laughs> um, but like, cause, cause if you think about it, like me and Kyle were running Austin Bitcoin club before and like, look at the people that we attracted, like, <laughs> right. I mean, club life still, still attracts those same people. Uh, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, um, I have respect for those people, by the way, yes. but, but like y'all yeah. are, um, y'all, y'all are a family and y'all are running the biggest, um, sorry, Nashville, the biggest, you know, meetup in the, in the world, awesome. but you guys are running it's the still a big one. You guys are running the biggest one. They better be ready. Cause I'm bringing my family the next week. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you guys are running the biggest one. Right. And so of course, um, it's going to have an impact. And I yeah. think. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was just getting families there. And yeah, at Nashville, because I'm going to be there next week. Yeah, like, uh, I'm excited. But um, they were, um, there's always families there too. I feel like I see like maybe two or three. I feel like, yeah, yeah there is. So yeah. I think there's more kids here at Austin Bitcoin Club mm -hmm. than there is at Nashville. Yeah. But there's definitely like married couples there. Right. What about, um, who would you like, what are some other topics that you think would be good for Austin Bitcoin? Anybody can uh, um, throw it out there on Thriller too. What do you want to see? I Who think, do you want to see speak? I think it should. She guys are gonna hate me for saying this. I don't care though. <laughs> don't hate Car. I don't care. Uh, it should be an all women panel. An all women. So we talked panel. about this. Yes. <laughs> Keep going. I agree. Uh, no. Okay. I would start there, and then I would say Bitcoiner and families panel, or maybe if you want to do Bitcoin and families panel first, and then do an all women panel. Um, but I think um, women. Cause you see it in the crypto space and like there would be times where Ugh. I would go to a conference in the crypto space and there would be an all track women track, literally a whole track just mm -hmm. dedicated to women. And you know how many women would show up? Thousands. And crazy. I'd be like, what? How does well, Joe Lubin have this on? money? It's right. crazy. And of course we know he has this money, but it's like, it's right. insane. Like the amount of attention women got 
in the uh, crypto space. It was because they had a whole track just on women builders in crypto. Now, and they would bring all their crap tokens and stuff. But that was that was all women that were already in the space doing careers in Bitcoin, correct? No, this was in the crypto space. This I mean, was, yeah. in the crypto space. But yeah. they're already established in the space. And I think that we're, that's the, that's the audience that's already there, but in crypto, right? Mm-hmm. So then you have that kind of popping in and out in Bitcoin. And you, like you said, they're behind the scenes, but I feel like there's still that chunk. And that's why I think the Beef Initiative conferences are super important. They're very important because you know, it brings families you, together. Yeah. yeah, you draw out the people that like, mm-hmm. hey, I want homesteading. I want homeschooling. Mm-hmm. I want midwife, you know, midwife at my birth. And it's like, if I could do things all over again, knowing what I know now, mm-hmm. I probably would have chosen that path. Yeah. You know, and so I feel like it's coming full circle. Like, okay, Beef Initiative have a, has its place here. Austin Bitcoin Club, the rest of the meetups around the world, hopefully that just starts to be more of a common theme because- this is a big hot topic right now with food. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think I think it, I think it's kind of cool. It's how it all kind of played out. Um, but I do think that there's a need for um, you know a, a, maybe Pleb Lab will do it. Maybe we'll do an entire day of like of of, of women builders in Bitcoin because I think it's important. It's not it's not important because oh we shouldn't single them out and all that. No, it has nothing to do with that. It's just getting the word out there that yeah, there's actually just, women builder. That's all you're doing. It's just a big campaign to let people know like oh if you're a woman in technology you should probably come build in bitcoin yeah because there's a lot of women already building in bitcoin um and maybe we don't need to do that but somebody should at least try and see what happens that's it doesn't kinda, hurt yeah. that's try. Kinda, i kind of like on that mission in my head like okay i want to write some articles about this i want to like bitcoin magazine's like hey to all their employees great company to work for by the way amazing mm-hmm. hey anybody that that is part of the team you want to write an article submit it like who does that you know they're they're yeah. really they really support their team. If you're with them, you're with them. Like it's a great Gosh. company. I, I love that they kind of, you know, I love that they merged into Bitcoin Conference. Bitcoin Magazine just merged into one team. We're all like, oh, you guys are in the same team. Now? I thought you were. It's all BTC separate. Media, and Ooh. now we're all one team, right? So, oh, cool. Um, yeah, that I, always confused me. Yeah, that it was like two separate things. But that's okay. I think I think that they saw that we should just be all one team. Yeah, it should so be. It's, it's a great merge. But um, I think with getting the word out there, there's that kind of stigma, right? Of like, we need more women in Bitcoin. Then people go, do we don't need women, just women in Bitcoin? That's not what you and I are saying at all. No, I, I, think, I, think, I, think, think, I think those people are just going to argue anything and yeah. that's cool. They can have that argument on Twitter. No one's going to listen. But in real life, <laughs> like in reality, <laughs> the people are actually in the front lines. No, we should do a whole um, day of like women builders or at least women building or maybe families, a whole day of families mm-hmm. in Bitcoin. Like that's, that's cool, man. Like that's the stuff that America was founded on, man. Like family, right. Mm -hmm. And respecting our wives and like listening to them and like making homes for them. Right. Like that was what America was about. So why can't we go back to that? Right. I don't think it's, yeah. That's an idea. Okay. So families. Yeah. Families in Bitcoin would be cool. Women's panel. Let's go about that. Women's panel would be cool too. What topic would you want in that panel? I don't know. I don't know. I would ask them. I would first, I would not ask them the question of like, uh, you know, like what we have been asking each other. I would, I would just ask them about where they're from and how they got into Bitcoin. I think for me, a woman's journey journey is always more interesting into Bitcoin because like you asked you early on, you're like, yeah, I met Michael and then all this, like, like that to me is more interesting than hearing the average Bitcoiner, you know, my dumb story. Right. But like, it's, it's, it's way more interesting hearing it from a woman's perspective because it, it was 
different things that drew you into Bitcoin. It was we have different ways of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's kind of what I think we talked about this, uh, Gabby, or um, sorry, uh, some other friends. We talked about, we, we, as women, we don't just get together and just talk about Bitcoin if we're Bitcoiners, right? We, we do other things. And Bitcoin just kind of comes out in conversations mm-hmm. with other things. So it's different. Like if you have a bunch of Bitcoiners that are male and they get together and like they're talking about, you know, their wallet or URL and, they, you know, they start talking about these technical things. So women don't normally do that. So it's like, okay, we can still have meetups. We can still talk about Bitcoin, but how do we reach more of them? Right. Yeah. Do y'all, do y'all do the same thing that I feel like men do this, men Bitcoiners do this too, where they're like, you know, they're a Bitcoiner. So, you know, there's like this underlining trust mm-hmm. between the two. I feel like we got it. Do you guys do that too? Mm -hmm. The same thing where like you meet them and they're a Bitcoiner woman. So, you know, like, oh, they're a Bitcoiner. So they have this, there's like this underlining trust that doesn't need to be verified or maybe not verified, but you know what I mean? There's just like a, there's a common ground. Yeah. Common Common ground, ground, common understanding. Um, One of the new girls we got into one of our groups, it was like, she was lobbying. You're probably going to talk to her for um, vaccination choice. Oh, really? Oh, okay. She's a Bitcoiner. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I want to say by default, but when you have your husband that's into Bitcoin, right? And you show up at the meetups or you bring your kids and mm-hmm. stuff, I'm assuming, yes, you're both into Bitcoin, right? But like I said, you have those common values of I stand for something, I question something. Yeah, you're probably into Bitcoin or you already are. And so mm-hmm. there is like that like trust where you feel like they're they have the same thought process to stand up for for what's right or stand up against something that might be something that needs to be questioned. And I feel like, yeah, we kind of have each other's back when we're, you know, thinking about the system and what's going on out in the world. I feel like there is that. That's cool. And we invite each other, you know, we find, we meet someone new and it's like, Oh yeah. invite them in the group kind of thing. Oh, cool. And then you add them to the Oh, This is the uh, infamous Bitcoiners wives club. Well, there's, there's a couple, there's a couple. Oh, wow. You know, signal and telegram gets a little inundated. Wow. How do y'all verify? Make sure that, how do y'all verify? Make sure there's no male Bitcoiners in there. You know, I am not the administrator. Oh, okay. So you have that. to go through the administrator. Okay, that makes more sense. So, you know, shout yeah, out to don't don't let the guys infiltrate. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, shout out to Katie the Russian. She does a really good job. Oh yeah, Katie's another yeah, amazing. She's awesome. She was she here last Bitcoin week. Breakfast today. Oh, was she? Yeah. Oh, cool. She hung out. Yeah, she was here last week at Plub. I was good talking to her. Yeah, I saw the pictures. She's a amazing company. Great. Yeah. She, Great it was cool when I was working with her and Jessica doing the podcast for him. Logan's doing it now. Oh yeah. I remember that. But uh, man, dude, they're, yeah, there's some, there's some bad, there's some based Bitcoiners, man. Mm-hmm. They're based as F. I could have them in the space. They are awesome. That's what you find. Like some, some women Bitcoiners are more based in the mills. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're real hard in the paint. Shout out AK 47. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> Shout out to her. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but okay. So that, so ladies panel. So we'll figure that out. Cause we had talked about this. We mm-hmm. had Katie, the Russian on. Oh yeah. Yeah. With Svetsky and oh, yeah. Jimmy song. Yeah. Jimmy and Parker was moderator, but our intention was to have a woman's panel sooner than now, but it just didn't happen yet. Mm-hmm. So at least we got one female in there because that's the last thing we want is for it to just always be males. But, you know, you have to kind of find them, like who wants to go up there and talk and who has mm-hmm. something to say and what's an interesting story. And, you know, like you said, like we want to give a platform for that. 
Yeah, and like that's another thing too. I feel like the Bitcoin Commons is like the best event space in town. Like personally, I think if you're gonna do an event, you probably should do it at the Bitcoin Commons. Yeah, because it has everything. They have a bar there. It's open room. Mm-hmm. They have the PA, and we're still getting out the kinks a little bit, but mm-hmm. like that's gotten better. Um, you have Kaylee, and Kaylee's just on top of Kaylee's it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, that's somebody you should have. That is somebody Boom. we should have. Thanks, Kaylee. Kaylee. You're on the women's panel. Like that's no. definitely something. She's the hardest working woman. She probably have a moderator that's female. Sorry, Parker. She's the hardest working woman, dare I say, in Austin. Mm-hmm. She's my kind of girl. She's funny. I like her a lot. Dude. My type of humor. Um, anyway. Kaylee. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think when it comes to events, if you're going to do a Bitcoin event, if you're going to do, do a club, if you're going to do a meetup, do it at the commons. Like okay. there's no reason not to do a big event. Cause you mm-hmm. can hold like 300 people, maybe 250, something like in that. There, inside. I there. think so. Cause we have, yeah. it's been like a hundred, 150 people. You could probably hold another 50 to hundred people in there. Yeah. So if you're going to do a big event, okay. like that's another thing. I feel like that place should be, that place should be doing events like all week long. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, Parker. No, but seriously though. <laughs> Like yeah. this is why I think mm-hmm. Capital Factory was so successful is right. because they, they did events all the time. They did events all the time. That's true. And like mm-hmm. if you if you're gonna if you're gonna do like a Bitcoin or like Mecca style place that uh, Bitcoin Commons is, you need to have events like big events yeah. there all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Good point. Okay. Like if if somebody's coming into town, they should be doing an event there mm-hmm. like that evening. Yeah. You should probably do like a like an all day weekend event where like. Yeah, and they should. They should you know, be having Aloy, Voltage, Oshi, like just all these people. They are should. There they should. Their they, Zap right. Well, it's that too, right? Like that too. But like I would a say, fair. like a skills fair. But I would say it's more important to get the community there yeah. than anything like else. Like it's more too. important to get the entire mm-hmm. community, like to let people know, like, hey, Unchained Capital's here, right next door is Bitcoin Commons. This is where Bitcoiners from yeah. around the world come to. This is where Bitcoiners. Okay. who are in Austin come to like, this is the Bitcoin yeah. space for events. This is the, the, this is the yeah. Yeah. And I think they should be doing stuff like that. Like there's no reason why we shouldn't have like a farmer's market on Saturdays and Sundays there right. in the morning. That's a good point. Do you know what I mean? Put them like, all on Oshi. There you go. But like, that's what I'm saying. There, there needs Sell to be, eggs. it needs to be at a certain yeah. point to where we do that enough. And then everybody just falls in line in Austin. And that's yeah. kind of where we're already seeing. Like we've been doing it for no. a year where we started to where we are now, it's completely different. Oh, Austin right? is completely changed. From your guys' stories, I love it. Well, it's not even us. Story. It's like everybody, I right? Know. It's like us then, and then everybody that they were doing with the BitDesk stuffs. But like all that progressed to where it is now. Mm-hmm. Like you look now to where we started and where everybody started a year ago. That's true. It's completely amazing changed. Growth. It's amazing growth. It's like literally yeah. like this. Mm-hmm. So imagine if we did it every day, like some big event at the Commons, it would go even like this in That's a year's true. time. Yeah. And then eventually... We're on a Bitcoin standard in Austin. There you go, Parker Lewis. I just gave you the roadmap. You're welcome. Mayor. I'm kidding. For mayor. Parker so, probably has it figured out. I, I was watching the block party thriller with you and Michael. Uh-huh. And I was cracking up because you're like, people just don't see it yet. They just don't see it. I see it. But people just don't see it. See what? The OSHA just stuff? Just where he's going and what he's doing. Oh, 100%. So where do you think he'll be in five years? I wanted to ask you that. Dude, we used to joke. Uh, you didn't. Oh, man. <laughs> Did you come to the Thanksgiving, the Pub Lab no, Thanksgiving? No, I was still. No, I was still in Northern California. Um, just curious, you know. Yeah, it's like an interview question. Where do you see yourself in five years? Where do I see myself? Hopefully, <laughs> well, like hopefully, question. still alive. <laughs> still 
Stop. Hopefully still alive and not in the gulag. Um, where do I see Michael and Oshi? Mm -hmm. That we're asking. No, I, I think, I think it's, it's kind of what we said the last pod. I think there's just a, yeah, I shouldn't, man, car, you need to stop saying <laughs> spicy things. People are going to get upset with you. Uh -oh. This is how you don't this make friends. Like a club, um, club comment. I'm just going to give you my blunt truth. And this is the hard truth. I think that there's a lot of people that are building right now. And there's some people that are actually like people that can solve problems and get it done. And there's people that say they can get things done, but they don't actually put the work in. Um, and then there's people like Michael, <laughs> like Michael's obsessed. He's like me and Kyle and Keon. We're obsessed. Like that yeah. type of entrepreneur, that type of Bitcoiner doesn't come around very often. I've seen level. so many. Mm -hmm. um, obsession is like a weird thing, especially when you're trying to create something, create an economy, creating a thing. Um, I'm not saying it's good, but I'm saying like, Usually those type of people, when you look back in history, those are the type of people that are successful or that create successful things mm -hmm. is because they are obsessed and they think about it long and hard and they're asking everybody for help and they're asking everybody's opinion and they don't care who has the right answer uh, just as long as it gets them to the goal. And like, and I think Michael understands that. And that was the, th the thing that I've when just working with Michael over the course of a year now at this point that I've come to realize about him. He's somebody I would never bet against just because of, I know, I know what he's, I know what he is. I know what, who he is. Yeah. Um, and then like, you just look at, okay, so that's just Michael. Right. <laughs> but then you look at some, but like his product, like Oshi, I, I see it. I see it way differently now than maybe a year ago. I think a year ago it was, he was so early, like he was so early I before agree. anybody mm -hmm. else on like the whole community thing, but even how that um, transformed into like um, using it for lightning and stuff like that. And like all that stuff, like he was early, he was like six months early before anybody else. Um, and then now I think he's early again. Like, I think he's way earlier, six months, even before and I think now, six months later, he'll people will see like, oh, that's what he was doing. And people will start implementing it into their apps. Right. But basically, I don't want to give away his like game plan, but because um, that wouldn't be right. But Not like, I think he's I think he's six months early again right now. And I think he's putting stuff into Oshi that when people go back and look and be like, oh, crap, Michael was just early. Like a lot of the stuff yeah. that we saw come out during the Bitcoin conference was stuff that Michael already had done six months prior. Like it wasn't. Wasn't I wasn't impressed. I was just like, okay, cool. They've caught up. But it like for for here in Austin, especially at Pub Lab, like we're doing like we're doing stuff like that hasn't been coming out. Like, you know, that's we're it's like this is what happens when you get like a germinator of like people that are obsessed with things. You're right. gonna have faster, it's just gonna go faster. Right. Um, and I think Michael, I think Michael is, yeah, I think he's like six months ahead right now. I think there's a lot of things that he's going to implement that are going to just be like game changing for an app, especially with lightning built in. And then people are going to look back and, and you're already kind of seeing it now what he's posting on Twitter. Kind of, you can kind of probably play it out and see where it goes. But um, yeah, I wish I could say more, but, um, but yeah, I think Goshi is going to be just fine. I don't worry about it. <laughs> he just, you know, he's so humble and he doesn't, uh, doesn't talk about himself enough and like the product. And I've always told him, I'm like, you have great insight and amazing mm -hmm. intellect. Like you see that 10 steps ahead mm -hmm. and you almost seem like that 
person, you know, speaking another language half the time. Mm. But um, yeah, I think it's exciting to see where Hoshi's going to be even in a year. Yeah. And that's the thing about Michael that most people don't realize, like he understands product really well. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I've worked in IT, right. And I used to have people that would come pitch us products or, you know, you know, even our, um, even our service manager would come in and like pitch us a new product or a new stack that they were trying to introduce or whatever it was. And whenever we would get those people coming in, you know, talking about, the, they just did not understand product like at all, right. like the worst. And then when Michael comes in the very first time we meet him at Plub Lab and we're going over um, other, other projects in the lab and, and then Michael's like sitting there and he turns around and then he starts going, well, how about this? And then like, he's like, he's not critiquing their project, but he's like trying to offer assistance to Innovative. it. Innovative. Yeah. And then, and then you start idea. realizing yeah. like, oh, wow, this guy's actually a really good product guy. Right. Like he, he's probably, at least for me, and I haven't been around enough product guys probably, but he's probably one of the few product guys that I would say is like, oh, wow, the guy really understands product. Understands it. Yeah. Um, so most people don't know these things because they're just not inside the lab and they don't hang around with these people. So they don't know, but. Uh, it's good for us to talk about it because yeah, I, I don't think people, enough people know about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's good. And he appreciates all the support from you guys and yeah. Odell He's and a brother. Marty. I mean, He's a brother. we can't really go anywhere and talk to someone without Odell thinking that we're onboarding him to Oshi. <laughs> really? <laughs> we were in, um, gosh, where were we? At the one of the Bitblock Boom parties, and we we're talking to Alex, the pedicab, and he's like, "See, Michael's always working. He's onboarding him right now." And we're like, "Dude, he's I already on Alex. the big list." <laughs> oh man, I love that. Do you know he's out there onboarding people now too? Yes. So I need to write an article about him this week, but um, he's funny. I he has this whole thing guy. that he started or whatever, but he was like, "Yeah, and I'm onboarding people now." So now we have a guy out there in the pedicab. Perfect onboarding people into Bitcoin. And then like, this is how it starts. What like, is he, is this he is how you do it. Download a wallet or what is he doing? Um, I think he's using moon right now. Yeah. Yeah. We took a ride after a bit. I think he tried using strike, him. but yeah, couldn't, something happened. Okay. He couldn't figure it out. Yeah, we don't have him on us yet, but I think he's using moon. So he's like, he this is why I keep telling somebody like make a Austin's like an Austin app. <laughs> like if you make an Austin, like I feel like if Oshi gets there first, but like if you just need to make like an Austin centric, just like, Lightning Wallet app, and that's it. That's Ooh, all it needs to do. Like a Bitcoin Beach, like kind of like Muni. But an like Austin, Texas maybe wallet? Muni could be the Austin one. You, Odell <laughs> says one. You maybe get that, that right. Maybe that could be the Austin um, uh, Lightning Wallet. But yeah, as yeah. soon as somebody makes a Austin centric Lightning Wallet, that's the one I'm going to be shilling to everybody. Okay. Yeah. So it's out there, and then people. that's the one I'll get everybody on board with, and then that's the one. I think that's another reason. Like your friends, like it really does matter what your friends are using. Mm-hmm. So if your friends are talking about a specific app, like we used to always talk about Stacker News. We used to always talk about Oshi right. all the time. We would shill it to everybody we knew. That makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Like it really, this is why community is really important. Right. Like the shilling aspect to community is like the most important thing. Right, because agree. it gets all these projects out there. And if you don't have a community that you can shill to, then what's the point of like right. having the project in the first place? And don't get me wrong. Like you don't want to, you don't want a community just to shill to them, but you want to be able to support your developers in your town. Mm-hmm. And if it's a great app and it passes, you know, the sniff test and it's actually useful, then you should probably get the word out, get the word out for yeah. it. Yeah. I agree. I think shilling gets a bad take sometimes. Yeah. Well, it, the, the intention might be. Yeah. You know, misconstrued. Yeah. It's the intention of shilling. It's like, we all want to see everybody succeed, especially in the Bitcoin test. That's what I love about it. So we went to the Bitcoin breakfast today, right? Yeah. And met this guy, Enrique. 
Enrique was in, he worked for politics and the government, um, saw the meetup because he just happened to look in the area for meetups, came to our meetup, started talking like, I really need, I mean, I'm in like the marketing space and I think we need some kind of app that, you know, gets restaurants to accept Bitcoin, like restaurants, hotels, like, and I'm looking at Michael <laughs> and I'm looking at him and I'm like, you need to talk to this guy. And he's like, what? And so Michael starts talking about his app. He's like, oh my gosh, I need to talk to you. Yeah. I'm like, you should download Oshi and just check it out. Like, yeah. This is how it happens. It. And then, said, so that guy's going to tell all his bubble mm-hmm. and they'll either think it's crazy or they'll listen to him. And then that's how it spreads. And then by the fourth or fifth time he's told that person, then they'll do it. You know, what's cool about yeah. him is he wants to start a space for um, people that want to be sober. Oh, like wow. hang out and have events and they say, Hey, it's fun. And I'm like, you wouldn't believe the amount of Bitcoiners that actually don't drink. Like, yeah. Don't go out and just party. Like, yeah. You know, there's a lot of us that are like, we care about our health too. Like I always say your health yeah. is your wealth. You're never going to be able to enjoy your your Bitcoin or what you've saved if you just throw it away with yeah. crappy food and alcohol, right? Or drugs. And so this guy wants to create like events and a space for that. And I was like, he was like asking me about the Bitcoin conference and should he, you know, try to get a satellite event going and go, absolutely. Like go on the website, fill out the form. Like I'll be on the other side of that form, you know, seeing oh, this cool. request and they send it to the right people about satellite events. Like, I think that's a great idea. Like, it's not that we all just go to Bitcoin events, want to drink, right? There's no. a place for that yeah. or people that do that. And there's nothing wrong with having a drink or whatever, but he he's coming from a side of, he used to be an alcoholic. So that's his passion. But he was like, the one thing that he said was, I got into this space and he was into altcoins. I'm getting them there. Katie, the Russian's like, you should be Bitcoin only. <laughs> everybody at the table was a tough room for a minute. But he was like, everybody here is so like welcoming and nice. Oh, he thought it was the complete opposite. He worked for the government. He worked for politics. He said, there's secrets and lies and deception. I'm like, yeah, that's. Because you're operating in a fiat. Right. Foundation. So bro. he's seen that kind of clear as day. And I kind yeah. of explained to him why Bitcoin only a little bit, you know, and the protocols and just what it comes with. And he was just like, oh, and then he started talking about going to adopting Bitcoin. We said, you got to go down there. Like that's, mm-hmm. and he was like, I wish he travels. He's going to travel around in just different areas. He left like Southern California and he's just kind of like traveling around doing his job remotely. And he wants to go to adopting Bitcoin. And then he was going to tie into that virtual event that you're talking at. Right. Oh, tomorrow. Yeah. Freedom day. Huh. And so um, I was like, well, where are you going next? I'm like, you know, next week is Nashville Bitcoiners meet up or. Oh, is he going to go there? Uh, I told him to, he's living here in Austin. Um, what did he call it? He said, oh gosh, I'll have to, I'll have to message him. Cause I got his contact info. Mm-hmm. He's staying at houses where you offer to watch their house and watch their animals. And you get paid for it. Well, they, I think they charge you like an Airbnb, but it's like either, no, it's in room and board is an exchange for that. Wow. Is that not a wild concept? I was like, wait a second. I know so people saying, that would do this. So you're saying I could get a dog. I'm saying that people go, I need you to watch my house for a month. I have a dog. Stay here in, in room and board in exchange. And I forget what it, homestead or something. I'll, I'll look it up. That's pretty cool. Is that not wild? That is pretty wild. So anyways, this guy was really cool because he noticed our community. He noticed that people want to invite him in, talk to him. They're helpful. They seem honest. You know, mm. like that's the difference, right? And it was, it, was, it was neat to meet him. I'm glad. And I said, hey, if you download Oshi and you're on your travels... There's a map on there. There's a map on there. It shows you every meetup. Did you know the map was added? Dude, it's freaking amazing. You just click on Nashville. You want to go to a meetup? Boom, it takes you to meetup.com. Dude, it's so sick. This is where like, man. It was one of the, and there's some other stuff coming out. It's so cool that Oshi's leading the way for all these uh, apps to copy him. (laughs) 
It's true. You have to have, uh, it's not a sad, it's, it, this is how it's always been. Like you need an app way out in front when it comes to innovating and leading the charge. And then everybody just copies. There's nothing wrong with that. No, um, That's just tech. Right. But yeah, look at that. How, so you can just click on the how, state. How cool is that? Look at all those meetups and all the stuff yeah, that I'm he has. Here. In there. This Boom. is in the Oshi. What's great about it is people go to meetup.com already, but now Ooh. you have a platform where it connects to meetup.com and shows you in the area if there's a business taking Bitcoin. Yeah. So yeah, he was pretty excited about it. It was Getting good to meet him. Yeah, I love Oshi. I've always loved Oshi from the very beginning. I was early. Early Oshian. <laughs> you were uh, was an early Oshian. Early supporter. Early evangelist. Early. What he calls him. Oh yeah, Bitcoin evangelist. evangelist. Or Oshi evangelist. What is yeah, it? Was, uh, you call him a wizard? Yeah, he's a wizard too. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a, yeah. I feel like when we did a PBS last week, we had um, some professor here from um, San Marcos, maybe? I forget where it was, but um, he was asking all types of questions what about kind of Bitcoin. Professor? What did he teach? Um, he had like, well, I think it was like a blockchain professor or something. Oh, interesting. But he wasn't shilling like a, a poo-poo yeah. coin or anything. He was just like. Is he into Bitcoin yet? Yeah, he understood Bitcoin, but he came to PBS and then Got specifically it. came to Plub Lab. Interesting. Um, and then he had like all these questions about what we were doing here and stuff. Um, yeah, we've been getting a lot of visitors. I think a lot of people think we're just like not doing anything. And then when they come in here and they see everybody's they're at like, work, oh. they're like, oh, wait, they're actually working on code here? Like, yeah, this is what we've always been doing. Yeah. I think people think we just goof off all the time, which we do. But we work. Still have fun. You gotta have fun when you work. Like me and Super were here pretty late last night. Really? Yeah, I was trying to get the GitHub ready for Plub Lab and stuff. So, well, Kyle did drop a Plub Lab card. Those look sweet, by the way. I've never seen them yet. What card to is Enrique, that? the guy that wants to do the sober events. Oh wow! Have I you not seen these business cards? No, I haven't seen these. I was like, "What's this?" You know, and he had it on the table at the Bitcoin. Oh Plub wow! Lab. It's got some cool graphics. You flip it over. It's a QR code. Wow! Look at him. Unless it just goes straight to Lightning Wallet for Kyle. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> no, so he has a card. So maybe he'll stop by. Yeah. Yeah, I think at this point we're 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 operating pretty good now. Like I have my stuff that I have to do. Kyle has his stuff he has to do, and then Keon has his stuff. So we're all kind of just going. And then we have Logan too coming in. And then um we recently just got another person this week. So we'll get him going too. So we're already like so we're rolling. When you first announced the first people at the pub lab, you know, when you announced Michael with Oshi, Zapright, John, like all these people, it was like an announcement each time you had a pub lab group. And then he did announcement number two. Is are you, are you guys still doing that for the pub lab or? I think we should. That? I think we should. Um, right now we have um, we have some candidates, but Kyle will kill me if I start talking about them. Oh, then but, don't, um, then don't. I just, yeah, I, that's what I remember about the pub lab. Yeah, I think I think the next I, I think, startups. Or I think whatever. I think the I think the thing that we're realizing now is um, a lot of people want to be a part of Plub Lab um, because we've created this platform for developers. And it's a, it's a just a cool place with cool people to hang out with and stuff like that. Also, um, and I think I think even if even if you didn't want to be a part of the accelerator and you just wanted to come work here, Workspace. you're st you're still going to benefit from right. working with Plub Lab, you know, because like I feel personally like if you if you work at a I know for me like if I would have like if I would have started last year and it was just car with Thriller Bitcoin. And that was all that I ever did. Mm -hmm. And then there was a place I could go co-work out of during the day yeah. to do my regular job, but like also do my Thriller Bitcoin stuff. 
I would have just gone and done it, not even thought twice. Cause I mean like so much opportunity there mm-hmm. because of all the Bitcoiners that you're going to be surrounded by. Yeah. Um, and then being able to make that move to the Bitcoin space would be way faster. So for me, if there was a Bitcoiner like me out there, if there's some Bitcoiner like me out there now who wants to break into the Bitcoin space and you don't know how to do it, come to Pulp Lab and we'll yeah. show you how. I second that. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Because this is a thing where I've always said, and Kyle's always said it, Kyle's always said it. If you just show up at Pulp Lab every day, yeah, you're going to, you're going to, stuff's going to happen. Something yeah, good will something's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Um, but I think that's, I think, I don't know. I hope, I hope that's everywhere. I hope everybody's able to do that everywhere. Right. Like I hope there's a plub lab or some type of plub lab in every town, because I think at some point, like this is the only way we're going to win. Like we need like a wolf in New York to be like this big right. kind of like, that was a big announcement. Yeah. Like we need them to be the Mecca of right. like, of like New York. Like when you, when people think of like, Oh, I want to go accelerate on Bitcoin, but I want to do it. Like, with the very top tier, like New York advertisers, marketers, like all this stuff. Like we need this elite, you know, like the places where like the Justin Moons and like the right. Keons, like the big brain ones, right? Like, right. cause Keon would have probably went to a place like Wolf, right. but there wasn't a Wolf. There was only a pub lab. Yeah. So you got to think of it like that. Like this is where like the superstars go to. Right. And uh, I think you need a place like that. I think you, I think you it's important. Um. And so I think, but I also do feel like every, every city should have a pleb lab. And I think the guys from Atlanta doing it, I hope Nashville does it too, because I think that's important. I think once you do them in like Miami, Nashville, Atlanta, Austin, LA, San Francisco, like you do them everywhere, Seattle, if you make these kind of pleb lab, you know, type of places, Chicago, if you make them, you're going to get, we're going to get to Bitcoin adoption faster. Right. Just like we got to Bitcoin adoption faster with meetups. Right. It's the same thing. That's a good point. I was just, when when the announcement happened with Wolf, I was talking to Nate and we were like, he was just, I could see his wheels were turning and I was like, you guys moving to New York now? And I was, you know, <laughs> but there's going to be people that apply for that and they don't make it right. And they don't. Oh they yeah. hundred percent. We were so already, Pleb Lab. yeah. I already have some people that have already applied. Yeah. Come to Pleb Lab. Like it doesn't mean stop there. I would say, I would Pleb say. Pleb can be a start. I would say, yeah, I would say the same right? thing we did for Tristan yes. and Michael, right? Like, mm-hmm. like we were able to get them at least to a higher level than they would have been if they weren't like, you know, right. and they got here and then right. they went to Draper X, mm-hmm. right? right? So cool. I think that's like, I think you're going to need the plebs to help out right? to get these places off the ground. And that's the only way it works. And um, yeah, because at the end of the day, I see it as simply like if you're, if you're holding Bitcoin, all boats rise, man. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's exactly. a winner on a Bitcoin standard. Right. But I think, I think there's just, I think just greed, man. This is where I'm so lucky. I'm, I'm Christian. <laughs> like, like you, when you have, when you have this, the, this Christian belief and this Christian core, you don't have to think about stuff like that because God's just going to let it take care of it. Over it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus take the wheel. Like you just don't, you don't <laughs> worry about it because it's going to play out the way it's going to play out and you don't have any control over it. Anyway, you keep doing the right thing. Like um, I wrote a post this Sunday and it was called the Pleb Dev. But inside that post, I talked about how uh, when you're open and you're, and you're building out in the open and you're mm-hmm. open with conversation, you're open to people and you're open to new ideas, then the path is clearer for you. And yeah. I think for us here at Pleb Lab, 
we've always we've always stayed open. We've always talked about stuff that we were going to do openly. Mm-hmm. We've always been open, just like Bitcoin is open source, right? And I think the people that are um, the people that end up um, benefiting the most are the people that are watching on the sidelines that can learn a thing or two. Right. But like, I think people like Michael, he's open. He operates in the oh, open. Yeah. He does things in the open. Like mm-hmm. this is the same ethos we have here at Pub. Like he understands that. And I think that's why you see Michael having the success he has is because he's operating like that. But I think when you keep things close to the chest and you don't tell anybody and you don't want right. to want to be difficult and you want to do these things, I think yeah. all you're doing is pushing this like barrier border around you and you're not letting anybody in. And so guess what happens when you don't, when you do that, no one wants to come and help you. Yeah. Well, you're preventing your own growth. You're preventing your own growth. You're stunning your own growth. And this is why you see a lot of companies in the space where people are like, Oh, they've fallen off. Why have they fallen Mm -hmm. off? It's because they've went from being open to now they're being closed. And like, what happens when you have closed gates? No one comes in. No one uses your product. No one cares. And that's the way it goes. What I've noticed too is, I mean, say people come here and they're like, oh man, I applied at Wolf or I applied wherever and I couldn't get in and they're here. I mean, how much do you think they can change in a, in a year when they apply again? Like their whole product can get better and change because you've got all these like-minded mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it a thousand times with Michael or, or Zaprite with John. It's like they bounce things off each other and improve their processes all the time because they didn't think about something that somebody else didn't think of. You know, people's brains are different. We've got left and right brain. We've got People that think more linear. So it's it's a good space for people to come and improve and grow. And maybe that's not for them to go there. Maybe it is for them to go there, but there's so much opportunity here. Absolutely. Even like you know? somebody like me, like uh, like I'm, I'm I'm a dumb dumb. Like but like so with like somebody like me, like I can walk outside. Watch that self-talk. But I can walk outside and tell like uh super, like, hey super, I don't understand this spec. Can you explain to me why this spec? Cause I'm writing an article on it and can you just help me real quick? And like, I wrote this line, does this line make sense? Actually card, that doesn't make sense. It should say like this. And I'm like, Oh, duh. Yeah. Like that's where you, like for somebody like me, mm-hmm. I think I benefit the most out of anybody in this space is because now I can go ask the people directly who I'm writing about right? or, you know, learning about it's like, Hey, how does this work? Like what, like, if you were presented something like this, does mm-hmm. that make you not want to use it or make you more want to use it? Right. Oh, I would want to use it. So right. it's like, for me, somebody in my kind of niche, like I get to ask all these guys, like what that looks like yeah. when it comes to like all sorts of things, branding, logo, like marketing, um, just like an app. And then they come to me like the other day, super testing came to me and he was just like, yo car, I'm working on something here. What do you think about this? And I'm like, well, why does the profile page look like this? Like, you know, it's just- You have great, yeah, but, design. But like, I was skills. just telling him, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. He goes, well, this is the way it's always been done. I was like, I don't care. This doesn't make sense. It should be done like Break this. The mold. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah. Like the whole, See? I'm like the whole point of a social app is so you can tell people that you're on a social app. So if their profile doesn't look like a good social thing to be a part of, then no one's going to care about it. Mm-hmm. Like- like Perfect. you see that little line right there? I got that for Logan. Do epic shit. There you go. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Just so you know, I did see that about 30 minutes ago and I was like, huh, I should ask him about that. Yeah. But anyway. Now you have great graphics and design skills too. I think it's like a kindergarten or just like, it's pretty bad. So be better. you're doing that self-talk and George McHale says, watch that self-talk. No, I love, I love, I love doing it because it keeps me humble. It's right, I'm going to tell you the name of that book. It's by Robert. C. Aldini. It's called Influence. 
Uh, I think I, Keon was telling me about it. Psychology of persuasion. Oh, you know what? That's funny. So Keon. Did Keon just tell you about that? He told me about, oh, wait, is it this one? Robert. Yep. Persuasion. Dude, how the hell are we listening to the same thing? See, my cover's different. My cover's different. Keon literally told me, oh, that's a different one. That's a different one. That one's. Oh, that's the influence. Oh, I've read that one. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, this is this is the one that Keon told me about this past week. Um, yeah, dude. But Mikhail, George McHale was just talking to us about that. Like, watch that self-talk. You're calling yourself dumb. And, and you might be joking, right? 100%, yeah. But he says to call people out on that. And he's right. Like, people need to give themselves credit where credit's due and think higher of the accomplishments they've done. Yeah. Know? So, and I know you're just being funny, but. Just this is this is one. Have you, have you seen this one? The one without pitching manifesto. No. Reading this book like got okay. me like it's all black cover and red. It's yeah. actually a really good design. Really uh, but reading that book like um, changed my way of thinking from like IT person to like oh you can actually go and make your own company. Was that right? book? It was it like this. Go against the grain. Yeah. Right? You're not doing the typical. Yeah, it was this book. It was that book following that path for me That's that good. really like made it mm-hmm. click and I was like oh so I can do this I can do it a different way not the way that everyone says I mm-hmm. have to do it that's mm-hmm. good that's good advice too yeah I, I would say like if you're trying to make something that you've that you're not sure if you can do don't do it like anybody's ever done it before do it the way you think you can do it yeah. and then like you're either gonna fail or you're gonna you know succeed doing it but um yeah great talk good talk car Good talk. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was good. Where uh, where can people find you, Erica? Just at the uh, Bitcoiner meetups here in Austin. Bitcoiner meetups uh, at Sat, Sat Faction on Twitter. Yeah, it's, it's start following her. Oh, thanks. You always you always give like the best retweets. I know. You know what? I'll just I'm gonna say I'm guilty of the retweet game. No, it's good. I sometimes just don't tweet my own stuff. Like people are really. Do you not wait? I. I've seen you. Wait, you I do don't. write stuff on there, but okay. I don't like make it a daily habit to get on Twitter and put my thoughts on there. And Why that's not, not. Why not? I don't know. I guess I, I know that I spend time like my priorities, my kids mm-hmm. and what I've got going on for the day. And I'm on Twitter here and there. But I'm like, gosh, I thought about that. I'm like, I'm like a retweet whore over here. <laughs> but you see <laughs> no, these tweets and all. you're like, that's great. I'm going to retweet that. I want somebody else to get credit for something great they said. And I'll I retweet all the time. Th- I know. I wouldn't put so, too much thought into it. But anyways. Yeah. You I said like. I wouldn't put that much thought into it. <laughs> I know I retweet more than I actually tweet. But. I know. I, it's fine. Have no, you seen the way I tweet? I tweet like a dummy. See, you did again. But I do though. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a lot. I do retweets. But for the most part. I, I don't retweet anything smart. I think it's just. I, it's good to retweet something that has meaning to you. Or that builds somebody else up. Like, you know, I love retweeting stuff for Oshi, Austin Bitcoin Club, Thriller, Beef mm-hmm. Initiative, like things that I'm interested in. I want to see, see what Erica's day to day looks like, though. Let's let's get some All let's right. get some normal I'll tweets to, I'll in try there. To throw some uh, Erica thoughts in there. Yeah, see, like that. Just take a picture of that yeah. and then you tweet it out. A windmill. Okay, so there's everyone's seeing what we're seeing. Yeah, because it's behind us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You like? Do you like the live better than the recorded? Only? No, I, I like I like recording it because I can put more work into it. It's I think it's better. Look at that man, Austin's There's a beautiful the city. See, there you go. You just Fun go fact. to the you just go to the fat bridge. <laughs> Everybody.
Smart.